Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Peace Mitchell. Hi, I'm Katie Garner. And we're co-founders of Ozmopreneur and the Women's Business School. Yes, we're so excited to be here again this week. We've got some amazing guests coming up who we've known for a long time now. Mm -hmm. We've we met these incredible women through the Ozmopreneur Awards back in 2010 when they won the Product Innovation Award. And I feel like we've been following them along on their journey the whole time. We've been, you know, together um, growing our businesses over the years. And it's, yeah, it's, it's so exciting to have them on the podcast today. So, yeah. yeah. But before we introduce them, probably should update people about what's happening with the Ozmopreneur Awards. We've had 1,444 nominations come through and a dollar from every nomination goes to our incredible charity partner, Share the Dignity. Mm -hmm. So that's really exciting. But if you haven't nominated yourself or your business bestie or your clients, um, I would love to encourage you to do that because you've got about two more weeks to go till nominations close. So yes, it, this now. is your opportunity to put yourself forward and tell the world about what you're doing in your business. Yeah, super exciting. And also we only have three spots left for our retreat. So that's um very, very exciting. And I don't think they'll last long those spots. I'm not sure if they're even still available. <laughs> People are probably <laughs> buying them right now. Yeah, so that's gonna be exciting, but there's plenty of tickets still to attend the dinner and the conference, so no one's gonna miss out. But um that's just for the um VIP retreat program. Which is very exciting. So exciting. And the other thing we're working on at the moment is our new book for 2021 called The Women Changing the World. So we have already got 18 authors confirmed for that book, which is oh, so exciting. So good. I can't wait. Um, but there is space available. So if you have been thinking about applying, please do that. Um, we'll put the link in the comments later as well for that. It's going to be an incredible book. I mean, just the energy around it we've released we've shown everybody the cover and the title mm -hmm. and we've already had people internationally saying where can I buy this book and we haven't even started writing it yet yeah. which is pretty incredible so I know that it's going to be a really magical experience and we had so much fun publishing back yourself yeah. with all of the authors and I've just seen Brenda's here hi Brenda and yeah. she was one of the authors of back yourself and it's just been such a wonderful wonderful experience really has. yeah um Kat, Kat Ratray's here as well hi Kat and we saw Kat in Mission Beach at our last retreat which was yes. just so beautiful the best. so good so yeah. oh we can't wait for September it's going to be amazing yes and we have magic around border control because that event went ahead yes <laughs> and I'm confident about September too it's going to be amazing yeah it is it's going to be a beautiful event <laughs> all right well I would now love to introduce our very special guests Monique and Danny hello and welcome hey guys thanks for having us hi <laughs> so great to have you guys here now for people who haven't met you before I would love you to Tell them all about who you are and what you do. Um, okay. So I'm Monique and Danielle. Uh, we're the co-founders of Bbox for Kids. Um, back in 2007, um, Dan was flying back from New Zealand with her then six-week-old baby and saying how impossible it was to change a nappy on a plane. Um, and that... That was pretty much how, how it started. We 
sat down and chopped up a Huggies box, which you can see behind us. <laughs> that was our very first prototype. Um, and, you know, between us, like Dan came from a marketing and PR background. I was finance and operations. Um, so working with an industrial designer to bring our product to life. And two years later, in 2009, we launched, launched our first Nappy Wallet. Um, and then it's just gone from there. Today, we're really known for drinking and feeding, um, but it all started with the, with, with the Nappy Wallet. And we had, about doing, we had talked about doing a business together. Um, we, we became good friends in London when we both lived in London and had corporate lives and which weren't really compatible with the kind of, you know, new back in Australia parenting lives that we wanted to, to have. So we looked at lots of different business ideas and opportunities and, and then this was an opportunity to create something that was ours and from scratch and you know, that learning journey that we went on, I think, um, I don't think we do it differently. We might make different decisions, but I think every decision we made along the way got us to where we are now. But I'm glad we didn't do all of the other multitude of business ideas we threw around at the time that were brilliantly, you know, optimistic ideas then, but I think we, we picked the right one. Yeah. I think the, the closest we got to doing something else was importing kids' shoes. Yeah, importing kids' shoes. so glad we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> So for people who are, who are out there who are thinking about, who are, you know, throwing lots of ideas around at the moment, thinking about starting a business, do you have any advice for them on which one they should choose? Like how do you decide which idea is going to be the best one to go with? I think it's got to be something that you're passionate about as well, that you really have to do quite a bit of market research and you speak to lots of people because you might think it's a great idea but if everyone else goes eh, like oh good idea but I wouldn't pay for it or you know you've got to I think that market research trusting your gut so it's a little bit of both it's having that gut instinct of I think I'm onto something but then being brave enough to test it and being open to constructive and sometimes not such constructive feedback um, from people but I think yeah, definitely knowing and, and also knowing your why. Why are you doing it? So we knew really early on in our business that, that this was going to be our, our kind of life work, if you, if you like, um, as opposed to a hobby business. And, and we both mentor lots of people who have hobby businesses or side hustles and they're amazing and they're fantastic. But you've got to know your why and, and what you want to achieve out of going into a business. And and not be afraid to ask questions of anybody and everybody out there. And I think that's one of the things that we realised is we got lots of input from lots of different people and then we filtered that that through. But And I think one of the benefits we had is that there were two of us. Yeah. So we had someone we could bounce ideas off. Because the nappy wallet wasn't the first idea. It was, it evolved from brainstorming together. Um, and so, you know, if you're going on business on your own, having like-minded people that are maybe at a similar stage in their journey with you really, really helps. I mean, we've made some amazing friends along the way that we can Present just... company included, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, that we can pick up the phone and say, we've got this issue, what do you think? So having someone you can brainstorm with. So, you know, things like Oz Mumpreneur and the Women Business School, it's a great opportunity to meet like-minded people that you can bounce ideas off 
And even though this is really hard and even someone going, yeah, I know I've been through the same stumbling block or actually this is how I handled it or actually this person was really helpful. I think, you know, I mean, when we first started, you know, as Mon said, I had a sales, you know, a, a comms background and marketing and PR so I could sell you anything and I could write about it and I could put a marketing plan together and Mon knew how to cost it and all the ops around running a business but neither of us had manufactured anything. So we kind of, you know, used our networks through mother's groups and people who knew people and someone said, oh, you should speak to this guy. He manufactures in China. You know, he'll probably be able to talk you through it. And he, he really held our hand through the first two stage or two production runs. And, you know, and we had that person that along the way that we could ask a gazillion questions of those stupid questions that you don't want to ask, but you actually need to ask. And, and you know, and we always say we did an MBA in manufacturing in about six months because there were, I mean, the first time someone asked us, do you want it FOB or XWorks, Mon and I were literally Googling those terms because we had no idea what they were talking about. So, yeah, I think, you know, when you're starting out, you've got to just use the networks and not be afraid to ask questions. And, and as Mon said, I mean, for us, it was much easier having each other. Um, you know, I mean, you guys work together. You, that, that's got its good points and its bad points. Obviously, you've got to compromise and all those things. But I think we would have a very, well, I'm not sure we'd have a business, but we'd have a very different business if it was just one of us mm. along that journey. Yeah. I always say it's much easier to jump off a cliff and lick someone's hand. Yeah, and I love that analogy. <laughs> You're at least jumping together. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> jump off the cliff on my own. <laughs> And so, you know, as business partners, um, I'm sure it's not always easy. And, you know, the advantage, well, Katie, and I have all the time. <laughs> <laughs> because we're sisters, we can, you know, we understand each other so well and we can pick up, you know, I can tell when Katie needs chocolate and some quiet time. And, <laughs> and same for me, she knows when it's like, okay. <laughs> but um, how do you go? Because Because you're best friends as well as business partners. How do you manage that as a as a partnership? I think the sister analogy is a really good one. I've got two sisters. Um, so I always say to people that she's going to kill me and I mean, I'll just sit this over here so she doesn't hit me. But um, she's like the older sister, like by a year, but let's call yeah, it the like older sister. sister. <laughs> um, no, so we do... We we were really honest with each other from day one. We had what we affectionately call a prenup agreement. So if it all went south, how were we going to manage this? But I think, you know, we like sisters disagree and can slam down the phone and, you know, um, storm off and have a huff and then kiss and make up two hours later and talk it out, just like I would with my sisters. Um, I think our friendship has grown and changed and evolved over the last however many years. We were good friends before that, but I think it's um, in many ways stronger. But I do think it's like a sibling relationship where you just say it like it is and that's the only way it works. I don't treat Mon any differently than I treat my sisters and I'm very, very close to my sisters. But, um, you know, I mean, Mon's an only child, so, you know, she's quite, you know, <laughs> difficult sometimes but we, we make allowances for yeah, that sure. <laughs> no, I'm gonna be really open and honest and if she's you know if she's giving me the shits I'll say you're giving me the shits and vice Likewise. versa or she'll literally say you need to go and take 10 minutes and breathe or 
we can sit across the room from each other in a meeting and know exactly what the other needs to happen without kind of community. I mean, sometimes we SMS each other in a meeting, but um, I think just over time we've really, people ask us how we're still A, friends, but B, in business together after so long. And I think it's because we're just brutally honest with each other, which, um, mm. you know, you guys being siblings know that's the only way you get through a day is to be brutally honest and your sister is the one that's going to tell you what you probably need to hear and probably don't always want to hear at that moment in time but I think that's um that's why the the business relationship is as strong as it is yeah I love the relationship that you two have and you know and your kids that is a very old photo yeah your kids have grown up together with me and, and sometimes, you know, when, when you run your own business, you get to make every decision and run things the way you want it to do. When you're in a partnership, you have to compromise. And, well, sometimes it can be really frustrating <laughs> and you don't want to compromise. The, the outcome at the end for us is always better. So, so yes, like, it, it can be hard, um, but it's... For us, we found, you know, sometimes hearing what you don't want to hear, you need to hear. Does that make sense? Like, it's not yeah. always rainbows and unicorns. Sometimes there are hard conversations that we have to have, which might mean that we slam doors and, and leave the room, but we always kiss and make up afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, you know, yeah, for us, when we're facing a challenging time, like, it's so much, it would be so much harder on your own. But when when you've got someone who's in it with you 100% and has got your back, like that's that's worth everything, I think. Yeah. 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 So to hear you've had so many achievements over the years. What's been something that you've been the most proud of? Um, I, I definitely think that the team that we've built. Yeah, when we first started, it was just me and Dan working from from my study, and I think COVID has really been a three sixty for me because you know I've been working back at home again, where it all started. Um, but I think it's the amazing team that we've been able to build. Um, that you know we can come up with the ideas, and um, you know between us we can do a lot. But really, to get the business where it is today takes so much more than just the two of us um you know and it was definitely hard bringing in a senior management team and, and learning to let go and and i think that I think we're still learning we're still to learning. let go <laughs> um, they would like us to let go more i think but yes <laughs> that's probably you know really brought us to where we are today being able to get those people that share our vision and passion um not just here in, in australia but also our distributors that we work with internationally um, they all have played a part in the success of B-Box. I think also for, like, well, I mean, before we got on live, we were talking about how COVID's impacted our travels and, and anyone who knows Mon and I know we're always on a, normally on a plane somewhere. But, um, you know, I still get a buzz, as I did when I was a journalist and, and my first byline, I still get a buzz when I'm somewhere around the world and I see a two-year-old with a sippy cup. Like, it just fills me with, like, Kind of butterflies and joy because these are not people that are friends and not people that 
you know, know someone who knows someone who knows us and kind of feel obligated to purchase VBOX, which is obviously when you're starting a business, anyone you know has to buy your product. But these are like people on the other side of the world and they've chosen our product over all the other options that they can choose in Europe or the States or wherever they are. And I think for me, all the awards and are amazing and I think they're a great, as Mon said, testament to the team and the business. But I kind of feel like when you see your product out there in the market being used and enjoyed by kids and they've made that choice, that's that just doesn't get old. Yeah, I can't, I can't walk a pram without looking in it and seeing what they've got in there. <laughs> and we've both been to give people our business cards if they're like missing a flip lid off a sippy cup and just call customer service and they'll send one out or, you know, what do you think about this? Or, you know, I saw someone with a nappy wallet the other day and I, and I thought, and I actually said to Mon, I thought my sister was one of the few people that, you know, still actively use them so many years later. But no, there are lots of people out there still using the, the first product we did. So... Yeah, that's a big sense of pride for us. Yeah, that's yeah. so awesome. And how many countries are you in now? Um, we're in about 45 countries. So that's pretty exciting. That's through distributors and then direct-to-consumer models. So that's um, that's really exciting. We have um, probably 20 to 25 really core um, distributor markets that we operate um very actively in and then others obviously that we're continuing to grow and develop but um you know as mon said we've broadened out the the management team and and so international is a big focus for us as we continue to move forward that's so cool i get excited when i see people using your products as well So as you were saying before, they used to travel a lot with your business, especially internationally. Do you think COVID has made it better or harder for Australian companies to um, expand their businesses internationally? Do you find like more people are using Zoom so it's actually become a bit easier or the restrictions on travel are making it more difficult? I think it's changed, it's different. Uh, our focus last year was really on consolidating the markets that we had and helping them grow rather than capture new markets. Because obviously that's much harder because we can't go to trade shows. We, we go to Germany every year for Kinderjungen, which is a big nursery fair. And that obviously isn't gonna ha didn't happen last year and isn't gonna happen again this year for us. Um, so we really had to be much more creative and say, well, what given the tools that we have so you know zoom and teams and how can we connect with our distributors and support them um, and help them build their business and you know show them what we're working on in our range so really our focus was working with our current distributors and helping them build their businesses um, it's definitely much harder for us to go and find new distributors um, that doesn't mean that we haven't picked up new regions in the last 12 months but it was really about the um focusing on building what we had sorry, sorry someone just interrupting asking, asking for lunch <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um you've won you won product innovation back in 2010 at the osmopreneur awards and then you won the big one osmopreneur of the year in 2016 can you tell us a bit about how it felt to win at the Osmopreneur Awards and what, what some of the benefits have been for you guys? 
Uh, well, I was going to say, they're both very, two very different awards. One was the, the product award, which really validated our product. And you're, I, I think it was for the nappy wallet because that was the only product we had at the time. Yeah. And so winning those product awards really helps um, helps sort of like validate the products and the consumer confidence. Um, so, and then winning Osman of the Year was just like the most amazing experience for us, but not from a so much from a product perspective, but from a business perspective. So, you know, there, there are always two types of awards: there's the product ones, which obviously give our products credibility, and then there's the business ones that give us as a business credibility um, as as business women. Um, you know, and obviously off the back of that, there was the 60-minute um, segment that, that was done. And that was that really took us from you know, people who knew us because of our product, so our, our core demographic, into more of, more of a mainstream. You know, suddenly people were talking about us that didn't necess hadn't necessarily used our products before or have, have kids. I think the thing for me out of that which was interesting is how many people didn't know we were Australian. We had so many people saying, oh, we didn't know B-Box was Australian. So, um, which was surprising given, you know, obviously for us it's just second nature who we are and where we design. But, um, yeah, so I think that was an interesting learning as well for us. But I think certainly I think for us as well in, in our role that we take um, – really seriously as we know you guys do in terms of being able to pay that forward. I think the Osmanpreneur of the Year Award, um, I guess, gave us more confidence to, I mean, we did a lot of mentoring anyway, but I think it gave us more confidence because people recognised um, that we, I guess that validated for us as women in business um, a certain level given the other cat you know other people that obviously won that award previously and obviously since so i think it puts being an alumna i guess of that um puts you in a different mindset for other women in business i think that's something that we're proud of yeah that's awesome so i mean i'm sure it hasn't all been smooth sailing for you guys you've achieved so much and you're in 45 countries and you're bringing out new products all the time but I'm sure there's been challenges that you've faced. Can you can you tell us about you know some of the challenges you've faced and how you've been able to overcome them? I think we probably, um, if we knew then what we know now, we probably would have brought in more expertise at different or earlier stages of the business. As Mon said, we've really broadened out our senior management team and the depth of experience across the business. But I think we probably did try to do too much ourselves and tried to hold on to too much that maybe we could have let go. I think that Monique's husband would have suggested we may have gotten a warehouse earlier than we did and that he could have had his house back. Um, <laughs> and just saw B-box boxes and Monique and I sitting surrounded by boxes doing quality checking. He was like, it's time to go. Um, you know, I think some of the challenges we've had as a as a products business is copycats or people being inspired by what we're doing um, in counterfeits. That's certainly a big area that we focus on is protecting our intellectual property and our product design um, and trademark. So I would say that's certainly been um, not necessarily a challenge, but because we've we've got all our ducks in a row, but just staying a step ahead of of people that are 
closely inspired by what we do um, mm. and defending design integrity and design DNA is really important to us. I think like certainly at the very early stages of the business and, and even now, cash flow is you know, a huge consider consideration and a challenge. You know, when we did our first production run, we did 5,000 units and then our second one was 10,000. So all the money we made, it's like, okay, well, we need to put it back into inventory or you know, do we spend 20,000? getting IP protection or do we spend that on marketing? So it was really how can we get the most out of the little funds that we had to get it to work as, as to our best to the best that we could. You know, and, you know, 10 years ago, there wasn't social media wasn't what it is today. It was still print media, like you know, print advertising and you know, we would send samples to editors and hope that they'd write some editorial about us. Um, and try to really, we, we did everything on a shoestring because we didn't have, you know, massive budgets. But, you know, as you get bigger, you know, the, you, I, mean, I think most businesses have cash flow issues. They just, they just change and maybe get a bit bigger. The numbers get a bit bigger, but it's still that challenge as to how to best, spe you know, use those funds, what's going to get you the best return. But I think that's the point is that the same values that we started our business with are still the same values that we have at Daybox today. And I think before we spend, even though, you know, our marketing team has a bigger budget than I was given in 2009, <laughs> we still have to be equally as creative and we still are demanding that return on investment and, and we want to think before we spend and we want to be smart about where we're spending money and creative about how we're doing it. And, you know, and Mon's right, I mean, the web Instagram was not a thing. I mean, I did a talk with some year fives recently and they were asking about product and I said, well, we, there was no Instagram. And they like they were like, what? So it's like, well, we had physical samples to people and then you had to follow up and you, you know, there were just different ways of doing it. But I think it's the, still the ethos of how that entrepreneurial drive and I guess scrappiness for want of a better word, um, I think is still part of that, who we are and how we approach things. We're probably not as scrappy, we're a little more sophisticated, but I think that same drive to be entrepreneurial and agile and to continue to grow in that space is is central to everything we do. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. And I think it's um I think it's kind of great to come through that way too. That you do learn how to be creative and make you know your dollar stretch, and rather than um you know companies that you see who get massive investment at the beginning and then they don't last very long. So that's really cool. Um, what's next for you guys? What have you got coming up next? We've got new product lines that we're launching, which is super exciting, and new categories that we're launching into. So our design team have been really busy coming up with some amazing new things. Um, so they will be launching in the next couple of months and, and into next year. Um, so that's super exciting. We've got new markets that we're going into. Um, so that's always exciting to, to expand our networks. Um, obviously, you know, the, a big push for us recently in Australia is into groceries. So it's super exciting for us that you can walk into, you know, any Coles and Woolies supermarket and see, you know, our products on shelf as well as obviously in Chemist Warehouse and Baby Bunting and lots of other retailers. But grocery for us was a really exciting 
um, addition to our channels. So, um, and then, you know, we've also made that as our kids have grown and maybe we're a bit selfish that we want to keep making products that are convenient for us, but um, we've always been our own target customers. The lunch and hydration market for us has been huge. And so we're continuing to expand into that area with more and more products, but certainly the lunchbox for us has been a game changer in taking the customer further along the journey with us. You know, we said up to 10, but actually our kids who are in high school, not just they are using our products, but lots of their friends are using the products. So, um, you know, and we use them all over the office, which is great. So um, that lunch and hydration space for us has been an amazing addition. Yeah, it's so cool. I'm in your group, see um, your lunchbox group. I know there's lots of husbands who are getting um, their beatbox lunchboxes packed also. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not happy about that because I think my husband's wondering why his lunches are made every day, but uh, that's not happening. <laughs> um, talking about that lunch, that beatbox lunchbox ideas group, um, that was one of the guys in our design team sent the link to us and, and Dan said to me, oh, who in the marketing team set that up? And it's like, that wasn't us. That was a random customer set up that page and it's now got seven and a half thousand followers. And that is like, that's just amazing to know that, um, you know, we always talked about this, the Sippy Cup being an iconic product and it still is, but um, to see it in lunch and hydration and you know, to see that grow organically has been amazing. Um, you know, we get that that gets us excited. I remember when before we launched the lunchbox and I was on one of the lunchbox Facebook pages and, and I said to the team, I really hope that when we launch our lunchbox, when someone asks what lunchbox should I buy, that one person recommends Beebox. Now I'm surprised if someone if there's one post that doesn't say Beebox. So that's <laughs> like amazing to see that our customers grow on that journey with us. And I don't, we never take that customer for granted either. And so we're always, you know, we always take the feedback on board. So whenever someone leaves a comment, you know, for better or worse, Mon and I are looking at every one of the comments and the feedbacks that are happening because we want to know what people are feeling and, and about the brand. And, and we still go and do all the shows and people ask us, why are you not, you know, why do you still do that? And, and I think that's part of what makes Bebox really unique and what people connect with us is that, that authenticity and that, that they know that any product that they buy is a product that we use with our kids that I would give to one of my friends as a gift or, or recommend to somebody to use. And I think that's what those Facebook groups and that, that loyal following that we've built really show. It's not just a click and like, it's actually, you know, a really active decision that they recommend to their friends and set up as many Facebook groups as you want. We are all in support of that. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that. And I'm sure that there's there's children who've literally grown up with Beebox over the last, you know, 12 years or so that you've been bringing products out. It's incredible. So I'd love to ask, what advice would you have for somebody who had an idea and wanted to start a business? What would you say to them that they should do? Jump. <laughs> Jump into it. Like you've got nothing. I mean, I mean, Obviously, you've got to work out how much you've got to invest and all that kind of, all the what I always used to say, on all the boring stuff. But if you've got this drive and this passion to create something, go for it. Like someone can help you get all your ducks in a row. And if you don't have a, a Dan or a Monique on the other side of the equation to bounce ideas off, you know, find someone to bounce those ideas off. But if it's something you really want to do and you know why you want to do it and what you want to get out of it, 
go think, for it. Making sure you've done some research um, and, you know, look at what competitors are. I'm going to talk about all the boring stuff now. See? That's why we need balance. <laughs> you know, what other products are out there? What difference is this product going to make? So, you know, it might be a great idea for you, but if there's an alternative that's a tenth of the price, if, if no one has a problem, if it's not a pain point for anyone, why are they going to... What are you fixing? What are you fixing? Mm -hmm. So understanding that. And, and it might just be, um, I don't know, it's the latest trend or colour, whatever it is, as long as you have a reason as to why you're going ahead and, and you've done that research. And, and even if you decide to do all the research and all the research says, no, you shouldn't do it, but you still want to do it, that's okay. But as long as you, you've been going in with your eyes wide open, um, you know, and you're speaking to as many people as you can to, to you know, you obviously don't want to tell everyone you're right, you, you might want to keep your idea a secret, but just there are ways that you can ask people what they think without them knowing that what you're doing. Well, we went into shops and actually showed them mock-ups of packaging. We went and asked retailers, this is what we're thinking about packaging, what do you think? Of it? I mean, not every retailer, obviously we went to some friendly retailers, but you know, and so and, and out of that, we came up with the packaging and we made changes to that packaging based on the retailer's feedback and what their pain points were and, and solving that. So, you know, when I when I say jump, I, my assumption was we've done all the research, but yes, Monique is 1000% right. You have to do your research. But I guess a lot of people get stopped from fear of failure mm -hmm. and what if it doesn't work? And so when I say jump, I mean, if you've obviously done your research and you really be, like, believe that you've got it, you're never going to know if you don't try. We would never have known if we had not decided on the amount of money we were going to put through a shredder, which is effectively what we said. This is how much we've done all our research and we think we're onto something here, but if this all fails, this is how much we're prepared to put through the shredder. And thankfully we <laughs> made it back. But I think, you know, we, we have... If you're not prepared to fail, you'll never succeed. Making mistakes and failing is not a bad thing. No. Like people often say, what, what would you do differently? Or, you know, if you knew now, what you, if you knew then what you know now. But, you know what, you have to fail. You have to make mistakes because it's the only way you learn. We've made some awesome mistakes. Yeah, and it's just and it's <laughs> how you deal with it and how you get up and how you move on. We just don't make the same mistake again. That's yeah. the key. If you make the same mistake <laughs> multiple times then, then you're just stupid but <laughs> if you learn from them it, it's okay to make mistakes and I think that's what people need to understand like you know if you look at some of the most successful entrepreneurs they've had lots of failures before they got to where they where they are and I think that it's really important that people understand that if something goes wrong or they make a mistake that it's not the end of the world. I remember our first shipment of travel bibs were coming and we got stopped by customs and then we realised, holy shit, we hadn't put Made in China on them. I can't, can I tell you that 12 hours I did not sleep or eat because I was like paranoid that we weren't going to get this shipment. You know, customs didn't even pick it up, but we spent the next three days putting stickers on, on all our products said made in China because we didn't realise at the time that we had to have that on there. Uh, but we haven't made that mistake again. That we've had to be up. But <laughs> that went on the checklist, you know, 
make sure it says where, where it's from, where it's from. But you have to sometimes make those mistakes. And like if I'm mentoring someone and talking to them, like I'm going to tell them, make sure you have that on your checklist. But there might be something else that is unique to their market that I, you know, I can't, I don't know, or maybe they don't know, but guarantee you they'll only make that mistake once and they'll know the next time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to make mistakes when you're across so many things as well. And I think it's just, you know, you've got to just be able to, it's how quickly you can move on from your mistakes, I think, is mm. the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. It's part of innovation as well. You have to try things. Otherwise, how do you know whether it's going to work or not? You've got to be. And also, you, I think it's also important to know when it's not working, cut it off, change direction. Like, you know, I think lots of people get stuck in this, but I've invested so much of myself into this and then and I don't want to change it. But sometimes you have to change it. You know, as Mon said, the nappy wallet that we brought to market was very different from the first idea that we had, but it constantly evolved and changed and we challenged and we asked questions. And, and if you're not prepared to adapt and change and hear what the market wants and you just get in this zone, I think that can be a little... Problematic. But I think you also need to know when to put pens down. Yeah. Like we say this to our design team all the time. It's like enough now. Pens we, down. Like they're like, oh, but if we do this, and it's like, you if we, we'd still be working on the nappy wallet and never release it. So sometimes <laughs> you just have to to know when to put the pens down and and just to start and just um, and then you release the product. And if there are problems or if there are issues work on them and fix them because it's not always going to be perfect and you know it's always like it's hard not to take it to heart when you read a negative comment but it's sometimes you've got to put it into perspective if you've sold a hundred thousand units and five people complain i don't need to go back to the drawing board no. if 95 percent of them are complaining then i need to go and do something about it but it's it's just taking like it's that balance between having a great product and you know, you, ha you have to have thick skin and not everyone's going to love your product and you know people will say things that you don't like but it's it's their opinion and everyone's entitled to have an opinion and if you're going to set up a business everyone is going to have an opinion <laughs> and sometimes it's not going to be ones that that you want to hear and that's okay but you have to have sometimes have a thick skin yeah, and not take absolutely. it instantly. And I know that's easier said than done because we, you I know. I take it very personally still. <laughs> but it's just putting it in perspective. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been so wonderful yeah. catching up with you and hearing about everything that you're working on. But I just love hearing your story as well and, and seeing the two of you, the way the energy you have together. It's, it's so cool. I love it. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, how can people support you? Where Instagram, you've got Facebook groups. What's the best Instagram, Facebook. Obviously, come and find us in stores or on the website. Leave us lots of reviews. So we always love hearing from people. We love hearing from our customers. Awesome. Fabulous. Well, thanks so much. We'll let you go now, but thanks for being here. Yeah. And thank you everybody who's been listening in on the podcast or watching us live or watching on the recording and we will see you again next week. Yeah, thanks thanks so everyone. Guys. Bye. Bye.